Hello, socialites. Welcome back to the Social Studies Podcast. Stoked for today's episode. I love when I get a real a real life friend on, on the show, which is great. Before we get started, I want to let you guys know tickets for Cleveland this summer, July 14th, 15th, 16th are available on my website, mrdtimes3.com. Also, I'm announcing the fall tour in August. So stay tuned. Keep posted. You can get your tickets at mrdtimes3.com. Listen, in this new age of the internet and social media and all of those things, you cross paths with people who are just acquaintances and you start off in the DMs and then you become friends in real life. And if you guys have been around with me for a while, you know I'm a full-blown, straight-up plant junkie, plant daddy, plant If you want to be my love, uh, you got to get with my plants. You know what I'm saying? Like that, right? (laughs) Used to live in Chicago, taught in the burbs because I was 100% desperate. Had an hour drive to work. On my drive to work every day, I would listen to the Bloom and Grow radio podcast to just get plant inspiration and just, just learn. And I loved it. It made my drive so much more bearable. And one day I was like, screw it. Message. Maria Fiella, the host of Bloom and Go Radio, and was like, hey, I love plants. I have plants all over my classroom. I have a petting cactus that my students use to de-stress themselves. And she was like, oh, my God, I don't know who you are, but I want you on my podcast. And literally, so we did the interview, right? Became friends. I'm talking instantly. We fell in love. This yeah. is like five, four or five years ago at this point. And we yeah. have been great friends ever since. Maria came and visited me in Seattle when she was on tour with cats. I was in New York. We were with each other a couple of weeks ago. And now I consider Maria one of my great friends. Welcome to this social studies podcast again, Maria Fiella. Again. You know, it's so funny. Also, I feel like... <laughs> We we joke about this offline. I'll say it now too. We, you know, when you slid into my DMs all the all the way back, you were already verified. And I was such a baby podcaster at that time. I was like, who is this verified person on Instagram talking to me? And I remember clicking over to your account, seeing, you know, your hundreds of thousands of followers and being like, who the hell is this guy? But I wasn't a teacher. So you were really super niche in at that, that time. Yeah, moment. yeah, yeah. But then I started, I had mentioned you to a couple of other friends and they were like, oh my God, you're talking to Mr. D times three. And I was like, yeah, (laughs) we're plant friends now. I think there's something really fun about finding kindred spirits and souls, but kind of in different verticals of you. But when you're still in like the social media kind of public place, because I feel like you and I have have been wonderful little outlets for each other as we've grown uh, in a completely like non-competitive way. I feel like we've really been able to help each other and full circle, I just got verified last week. So now I can slide back into your DMs. Yes, queen. Okay, and also here's the thing too. I I don't think we realized, like when we had that initial meeting, I don't think we realized that we had so many similarities. Like you're an entertainer, I am an entertainer. We understood those spaces. You and your husband, Billy, are huge comedy fans. I'm a comedian. Like it Mm -hmm. just like met. And then you came to Seattle and Morgan got us into the, the spheres. Um, the, just a huge, uh, here's okay. I just listened to your terrarium, palladium, patanium, chiffonium episode. (laughs) 
Paladarium, Darium, Vivarium, Paladarium episode. Yeah. What would you call, for those of you who don't know, the spheres in Seattle? I would say it is a big terrarium. However, after listening to that episode of Bloom Road Radio, there's people in it, people being the creatures. Would you consider the spheres a polarium? Paladarium or a vivarium. Yeah. Um, so for those listening, terrarium is what you think. It's it's plants under glass. You know, we all have the cute ones that we buy on Etsy or, you know, at the store. Vivarium is when you have living things in it. So if you have like a praying mantis or a frog or something, and then paladarium are these next level terrariums that have water features. I don't remember a water feature. I like your spin on humans being the living things i'm gonna still vote terrarium and i'm gonna also vote that that was one of the coolest days of my life still and sweet morgan who i've now gotten to know and adore i felt so bad for morgan because he was kind of our host and he took us in and you and i were just walking around and in the middle of every sentence we'd be like oh my god what about that plant like you and i were like a kid kids in a candy shop and morgan was like our chaperone yeah 100 oh my god we were flipping out we were flipping flipping out out. well that was a really (laughs) great memory for us too because you were so gracious we went to cats that weekend you were in it and it was just yeah you got to see me be a cat super memorable experience and, you know, it's fun. You mentioned the comedy thing. You know, we've known each other for five years. I think it was only a couple of weeks ago when I had the privilege of going to see you at Caroline's on Broadway, on Broadway. Um, to a sold out. I was such a proud mom in that audience. Like you were so incredible to the sold out audience. I remember just like looking at all of your fans just beaming and shouting so loud. But after that show is when we realized that we're both like major comedy nerds. And now we're texting about different comedy specials because I feel like Netflix has released so many in the last couple of weeks. The lineups that Um, they're doing are really cool too. So cool. I love all these like presents thing. The Lily Tomlin one was incredible with Jane Fonda. I'm halfway through it. I'm halfway through it. It's a good one. Those were like, that's the A-lister one, I feel like. All the really big names were on that one. Oh, but. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, okay, I want to talk to you about a couple of things. One, okay. I I definitely want to get into your new book for sure. I feel like that is, first of all, how we met. Because we didn't realize, you can be a plant person, right? And just have plants and enjoy learning from them. But you and I both view plants in a different way. And the title of Maria's book is Growing Joy, The Plant Lover's Guide to Cultivating Happiness, Parentheses, and Plants. And when we connected, I was sort of using plants as a social emotional learning tactic for my students to kind of decompress and come back down to baseline. And what I really love about your book is you break it down to a level where people can find peace, find Zen, find their comfort in where plants are. It's more than just keeping a plant alive. It's about your own mental state of mind. What was the full on inspo for doing this and why are you so passionate about it? Yeah. So it's actually a self-help book. It's, it's not a plant care book. At the end of the book, I have a plant killer to plant person appendix crash course for anybody who might need it. If we maybe have some new plant parents find the book because they're interested in self-development, but not, but don't know much about plant care, but you know, 260 of the 270 pages are, are, are self-care tactics. Um, and you know, I think you and I really bonded over that, uh, that shared mutual experience. So I was a plant killer my whole life. 
I couldn't keep a plant alive. You know, if someone paid me a million dollars, I came from this line of amazing gardeners, but the gene skipped me and I started caring for plants again. So also I was a performer similar to you. I was always on the road. So like, I couldn't really care for plants because I was always doing a different musical touring. Um, and then I moved in with my boyfriend, now my husband and decided to nest. And that's when I started bringing plants in. And I initially brought plants home just to curate our home and make it look more beautiful, make it, you know, breathe some life into it. But what I realized was, you know, back then I was living in 500 square feet in New York city. I was so overscheduled. I was your classic, you know, urban millennial waking up with my phone in the morning, waking up with Instagram, or I guess five years ago it was, yeah, it was Instagram. It was still Facebook, YouTube. Um, and I had like no agency and no real relationship with myself. Mm-hmm. And when I started caring for plants, I realized, yes, they made my plant. Yes. They made my home look beautiful. Yes. I loved cutting chives from my balcony garden and scrambling them into my eggs every morning. But more importantly, I started waking up and leaving my phone in the charger and having my coffee with plants in the morning instead of my phone. And in those moments, in that stillness, those moments of stillness that I cultivated that were inspired by my plant care routine, that's actually where I came back to myself and I started having a gratitude practice. And really just, you know, we go to the bathroom with our phones now. Like Isn't that we crazy? No, uh, like can't, yeah, yeah, can't get over it. We give ourselves no time for original thought anymore. And then we wonder why we're so overwhelmed and fried and burned out and all of this stuff and plants for me. And, you know, I'm a self-help junkie. I've read every self-help book out there. I've gone on every yoga treat. I've done, you know, every juice cleanse. And it was wild that like the most effective wellness tool that I ended up having were these little potted plants on my balcony. So affordable, so simple, like stupidly simple, but so effective. And so when I went through that kind of transformation of going from, you know, this overstimulated millennial to this crazy happy plant lady, um, where like you, all I wanted to do was talk about my plants to my friends, but my friends didn't want to necessarily listen to me. That's when I created the Bloomberg Radio podcast, because I wanted to help other millennials like you be able to go through that same experience. But the, the step one is learning how to care for plants successfully. Once you do that, you can cultivate more joy in your life from that empowerment and, and that feeling. So, um, the book actually wasn't my idea. I, I, so I was a performer full-time, uh, in the pandemic, I lost my job. I was in a show in New York city that got shut down and I, you know, was drinking wine in my bathtub crying for a few months. (laughs) And she talks about this in the book, everyone. Yeah. As we do, um, you get it too, right? Your show was totally, your tour was totally put on, on hold. And, uh, a listener happened to be a editor at a very fancy publisher and like slid into my DM saying, Hey, I know that this kind of through line of plants and wellness is really prevalent on your podcast. Would you be interested in exploring a book? And that's actually when I called you being like, Oh my God, Joe, I have this opportunity. I have no idea. (laughs) I have no idea what this looks like. Do you have an idea? Can you help me figure this out? Cause you're, you're one of my go-to you know, business consultants. So, um, yeah, so that's kind of the story of growing joy. And it's been a really wild two year process. I think people don't understand how long it takes to get a book to market, but it's been two full years. What I really love too, about 
not just the book, but everything that you do too. I think teachers will relate to this big teacher audience here is we are lifelong learners, right? You're constantly. And I think once you stop wanting to learn or you think you know everything or you you stop seeking out knowledge, that's when things start to get, that's when life is mundane, right? And what I love about Bloom and Grow Radio and the book, uh, Growing Joy, is it's simple little nuggets about plants if you're a plant person that you never would have even heard of if Maria and these guests didn't have them on. We're not like sometimes we go to a molecular level and we'll Mm -hmm. talk about like pH balance and the types of fertilizer (laughs) you should use. But even recently in the um, you were talking about on one of your recent episodes about fungal gnats, which if you guys have plants at home, I'm Mm -hmm. sure you are familiar with these tiny little gnats that live in the soil and then fly around everywhere. And I learned on Bloom and Grow, one of the most natural ways to keep fungal gnats at bay is to use a carnivorous plant known as a sundew plant. And that is so like when I heard it, I was like, I just learned something that's not only a game changer, but so simple and also natural no chemicals no anything just perfect and those are the types of things that you present to your audience which is why i believe bloom and grow is such a such a digestible friendly easy thing to consume i love it yeah and you know i was a plant killer when i started the podcast the podcast was also secretly my sneaky way of getting free advice from all of the experts in the world and on you how did to well plants. you did well Um, so, you know, I always keep that in mind when I'm interviewing people, even now, five years down the line of, I've got to ask the questions for the least informed person in the room. The goal isn't to make everyone a scientist. The goal is to make everyone care for plants successfully in whatever capacity they want to. And yeah, it's super fun. But I think you make such a good point with teachers and plants. Like, you know, once I started caring for plants, there's this concept called plant blindness. Have you ever heard of it? Kind of. Give me, give me more. Yeah, I I wrote about it in my book, but there's this concept about plant blindness. It was written about by some scientists. I prefer to call it plant bias because plant blindness kind of, it's not really fair to those who are actually, you know, affected by blindness. But it's this concept that as humans, society has evolved so rapidly that we, we evolved in nature, right? We evolved being outdoors for hours and hours a day, um, as we've gotten more and more disconnected to nature, we, we've stopped recognizing it as a living thing. We've stopped recognizing trees as living. Like we've lost our curiosity and our awe for nature. So when I was a plant killer, you know, I walked down the same street that my apartment was on for three years and I never noticed the trees on my block. But once I started caring for my plants, all of a sudden I started noticing the trees on my block, in addition to the rogue morning glory that was climbing the fence across the street, in addition to all of the house plants that were in all of the stores that I had been going to for so long. And all of a sudden, it triggered this like awe in me that I had been completely numb to. So I think plants are a really interesting way to, as an adult, when if you're not fortunate enough to be a teacher, where you can kind of lose that inspiration, lose that kind of thirst, that awe that I think we used to connect with as kids, connecting with plants is a great way to be like, holy shit, look at this leaf unfurling. This is incredible to watch this leaf unfurl. And I had a part, I had a part in creating this or, oh my God, you know, this tree on my block is blooming. Like there are so many simple things 
that are so simple, but we lose touch of it when we're, when we're always in our screens and always in our phones. And that's a big thing I talk about in the book, but it's about reconnecting with nature because when you reconnect with nature, you, you do reconnect with yourself and that inner awe that you need to continue cultivating as an adult, or you just get so bored. I mean, what is life about, you know, I have such an issue right now. So, okay. And I love going to the garden shop, finding plants. I love landscaping. I love doing all that. When the new house that we just bought, the land. You're a Dahlia daddy. Oh, oh, honey, we're going to get to that. (laughs) We've got to get to your Dahlia. There is, the landscaping at our house is beautiful. And I immediately, like I'm growing Dahlias on my roof right now. And uh, shout out Be Merry Dahlia Farm. But I want to go and plant those in the ground at my place, right? And everything I'm reading is that when you move into a new house, you should wait one year before you do anything. Because I keep thinking, like, what if there's like beautiful tulips, like crocus and and daffodils bulbs that I don't even see right now? And I'm so nervous. But at the same time, I want to plant my dahlias. And refraining from doing anything is just... There's one thing I'm doing. There's like a yucca. Like, and I don't like palms in Seattle. I don't like when people put palms in their front because it just doesn't match the evergreen aesthetic that we have here. Mm -hmm. And there's like yucca in my yard. So I'm in the process of taking that out. That's the one change I'm going to do. I know. (laughs) You're yucking the yucca. I, I think that you're going to save yourself a lot of pain by giving yourself that year. Yeah. It's a tulip thing. It's a, what has the, what has the previous owner done? It's also a shade thing because I mean, you're moving in the summer, so you do have the benefit of your trees being fully grown in. So you can kind of track the sun. I moved into my last house in December. So I experienced this very interesting thing when I was thinking of planting my garden, you know, the sun was shining through the bare trees. And so I thought different areas of our yard had a lot of sun. And then as the trees grew in, in the spring and summer, I realized those were completely shaded areas. Oh shit. If if I had put my vegetable garden in and vegetables, you know, and herbs need six to eight hours of sun a day, they would have been miserable. So, but I also feel like, so what you're talking about, I have a name for, it's yeah. called the gardener's itch. Oh, I got it. Let me tell you, I got it. <laughs> it's itchy. You're like physically itchy. You want to get your hands in the dirt. You know, you want to have that ownership over your space. I also feel like you can kind of, you can, you know, I don't think you have to 100% do nothing. What if you plant a couple of your dahlias? What if you... The two things I'm going to do is we have this like rock feature in the back okay. and they have Girl, I wish you could come over. The first of all, Seattle is like land of the ferns, which I love because ferns are so hard to grow in other places that don't have enough humidity. So um, there's like ferns growing in these rocks, but the rocks are like big with like big ledge, big bare ledges. And I think I'm going to keep my dahlias potted. And I'm going to place them on different rocks. It's just for the first year. Oh, that's cute. Just for I the love first that year. idea. They're going to get big and it's not going to look right, but it's a great area with great sun and it's somewhere to put them, right? The other thing I'm going to do is I have a potted Japanese maple that I always had in our balcony at our townhouse. Mm-hmm. And I I pruned it up, put it in the sun. I'm going to repot it, put it in a bigger pot. And then I found there's an area in our lawn. There's kind of like a berm and there are there's like a patch of stone and there is a ring. So there used to be another potted plant there. So I'm going to keep the Japanese maple potted, but move it to that same area and just like let it go and see what happens until I decide where I'm going to put it or if I 
I love that idea. I'm actually this, we're in a rental right now and I am doing my entire garden in grow bags this year, knowing that we're going to have to move them again. And I think that's a great solution is just container gardening for the year. You can move stuff around if you need to get a sense because also as you get a sense of your space, you might also realize this is when you're really going to get into the better home and gardens, the, you know, all of those Pinterest websites. So you might find, do you have an idea of what other flowers you want to do? Like, do you want to be a flower daddy? Do you uh, want to be? Yeah, this is so crazy. I was just telling Morgan this the other day. I don't, so I used to be a big vegetable garden person. Yeah. Like, I remember that. Yeah. All growing up vegetable garden person, um, through and through my dad and I did it together and I loved it. And I still enjoy a good vegetable here and there, especially if there's something rare, like that you don't really find at the grocery store, but you can grow in your climate. Mm -hmm. My example of that is watermelon radishes. I love watermelon radishes, but they're hard to find. So just grow them. Right. But I don't think like, let's be real. If you're having your own garden, it's, it's not like you're doing anything sustainable. You're not saving money by eating your own produce like, unless you have a large enough space where you're continuous, continuously harvesting. But mm-hmm. that's just it's not it's not a realistic yeah. goal unless you're doing it in realistic measures. That's my two cents. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to do a few vegetables, but I'm really moving into flower person flower daddy mode i love a good pollinator garden i love um wildflower bombs i really am into the dahlias that i'm doing right now and bulbs i have pots of bulbs that i've been doing and potted bulbs are so cool because you bring them out when they're getting ready and then you just put them away and just let them sit there it's like and and it's just it's so cool um But one of the flowers that we have around us growing right now is we have so much lavender. Lavender runs rampant here. We have the most beautiful lavender. It's deep. I'll send you a picture when I get home. Deep, rich lavender color. It's, It's not the light color with big flower heads. And it is just swarming with bees. And I plant anything that attracts bees. I am planting it. And this lavender plant is just... Oh, I love it. I love it. I love lavender too. Cause I think two things, uh, in my book, I talk about my mom used to, uh, the entrance of our old house was lined with lavender. So any guests who came up to our house, like had that lavender experience walking up to our front door, which I love. She used to make little bundles of lavender and put them in our car dashboards so as the car heated up, your car would smell would smell like lavender. And it was Ooh, the nicest touch. I like so, that. So hot tip, do that. And second hot tip is, so all I want to do in my life is be the person that shows up to every event, every dinner party, whatever, with a hand-picked bouquet of flowers that I grew myself for the Oh, girl, I literally... Am that bitch. Yes. I want to be her. How do we make this true? Me too. Me too. Yeah. And you can do that with your lavender, like a bundle of lavender with a little ribbon makes a gorgeous gift. That is a gorgeous. Especially if you can find like a cute little pot or just like a, a small vase that you can mount to the wall and just put like three little sprigs of lavender in it. Exactly. You you are, you are, we are one. We are. (laughs) We're just a little bit soulmates. One one other vegetable that I'm doing that is hard to find too, is I'm doing, and I discovered this vegetable this year. Have you heard of 
honey nut squash. Yes, I have. It's not butternut squash. It's yes. way sweeter naturally. Yes. And, and isn't it littler. kind of small? Yeah, it's, it's, it's small, right? It's the same shape as butternut squash, but less phallic. And it is so tasty. So I'm doing that. So how are you growing that? Are you growing that in a container? And yeah, just letting yeah, yeah, yeah. And wa- wander just go. off? Yep. Just go. So interesting. Mm, but- See, squash and zucchini, I'm not doing this year because I just feel like they become such large plants that they kind of intimidate me. Oh, they, yes. Yeah, well, that's why I got rid of my Marionberry bushes because they just like any berry, blackberry, any raspberry, that type of berry, you got to be ready because it is the definition of an invasive species. Yeah, it will take totally. over, but they're so delicious. Yeah. Another thing too is you gave me the best pro tip ever with the dahlias. If you're doing dahlias in pots, mm-hmm. buy copper tape to line the tops of your um, pot. Did you tell me? I'm pretty sure you told me this. Copper tape. I, I told you this. I am pretty sure it was you. What is it? What is it? What does it do? It's copper tape to keep the slugs away. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yes, because they are vectors for slugs and um, one other weird, awkward pest. Oh, what is it? What is it? Because I think one of my dahlias has it. I completely isolated it as soon as I saw this. It's like a worm or something. No, I have my dahlias. People are going to be listening to this and be like, what are they talking about? Unsubscribe. (laughs) Go subscribe and watch on YouTube. Okay. It is like a little. You want me to Google it real quick? Okay, no. Okay. So, um, so picture a Maria, what's, what are the green ones that just stick on the leaves and they stay there? It's like a, a straight up bug and they're tiny. The me- is it scale? It's not scale. It looks like scale, but they are like black. So it looks like little beads, but, but it's bugs. Not spider mites. It's not not spider mites. It's no. It's not a, if it's, it looks like a, it looks like a thicker black scale. I'm a first time flower grower this year. So I'm actually a total novice again. Have you gotten scale on outdoor plants though? No, I've only gotten scale on my indoor plants and I have major scale issues. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. I think I'm going to order a box of ladybugs and just release them. Yeah. And see what happens. The thing with ladybugs outside is they can just fly away. I know. I know. But. If I put them in the food hot spot, maybe they'll <laughs> stay. Try. There's also, um, uh, what's the name? It's something you put in the soil and you water it and it moves up through the plant. And then when the plant, when the bug eats the plant, it dies. Oh, I'm getting that. Uh, I'll, I'll send it to you. I'll text you. I can't, the name is escaping me, but I'll text it to you. And, uh, and we can put it in the show notes for people struggling. Hopefully, <laughs> for all the people struggling with our struggles that are listening to this podcast. I know, right? Hopefully my Dolly Ali Ali's will love that though. Dolly Ali Ali's. Yeah. But cut flower gardening, it's where it's at. I've, this is the first year I'm doing cut flowers and the joy. I, if you want to talk about growing joy, I wrote the book and I have a chapter called the power of flowers, but <laughs> Joe just made the most amazing <laughs> growing joy. Um, but the, I have a chapter on the power of flowers, but then I feel like I'm relearning the power of flowers now. Cause I've only started flower gardening after I wrote that chapter. And it's just like really reaffirming. You, I think as, as humans, there's some research that talks about how humans associate flowers like on an intrinsic level with food and fruit. So I think there's just something about flowers that make us light up. 
Oh, and it's so true. Especially colors, especially the colors of dahlias, like the range. Absolutely. <laughs> um, Maria, we on the podcast, we take emails from the fans. Amazing. And we break them down together. I did tell them you were coming on and I got some good ones. Um, okay, I picked out a really good one because this one's really interesting. Um, and I think you're going to give two cents on it. We're going to cut okay. to a quick commercial break. We'll be right back with Maria Fiella from Bloom and Grow Radio. Okay, really quick before we do this, we'll get back to this again at the end, but just really fast. Where can people buy the book if they want to get it? <gasps> Wherever books are sold near you. Love. You can also find me on Instagram at Bloom and Grow Maria because it's the only thing I'll be talking about for the next couple of weeks. <laughs> I'll make sure to send you some, some links. Okay, this one's really good. Okay. Okay, hit me, up. hit me with it. Hi, Joe. Love the podcast. I watch religiously on YouTube every week. That's new for me. Okay. That is new for me. I'm going to keep this short and simple because I'm only writing this to get Maria's facial reaction. I hope she understands the severity of the situation when I tell her I had a student lick the sap off of our dumb cane plant. Okay. <laughs> well, that means a lot to me. <laughs> that means a lot to me. I I literally heart palpitations, flames palpitations. from the side of my face. That is horrifying. Did they go to the school nurse? Did well, you send them to the that's, school nurse? That's all they the said. Time. That's all they said. So, okay, break this down to the audience. Why are you and I having cardiac arrests? Well, <laughs> um, it that's a toxic sap. So some, so some right? Dumb cane is <laughs> yeah, toxic, right? Very, yes. When you first said lick, I thought they were going to say Hoya blooms because there's a big thing in plantstagram plant on the planty in in the planty world of instagram hoya plants make these beautiful flowers that release nectar that is sweet oh really i didn't know trend on instagram of people licking their hoya flowers and it's i don't know how i feel about it <laughs> but, oh i would lick the hell out of mine i my my hoya's never bloomed has yours? No, not yet. Yeah, I'm no, no. And I will like, I will like the flower when it, I, I would like to taste the nectar. I'm going to lick sure. the hell out of it. I'm going to lick the hell out of it. <laughs> but, um, so that was where my, my mind first went. And I was like, oh, that's so fun. They're learning about how nectar works. Right. And then they said dumb cane. So dumb cane is, which we're not going to call a dumb cane. Uh, let's call it Diffenbachia, fabulous plant, hardy AF. Uh, it's a great plant for people that have low light situations. However, it is one of these plants that actually emits, like if you were to snap, you know, a leaf off, it's going to emit something toxic. Bad for kids, <laughs> so bad for pets. Bad for kids, bad for pets. May, you should send them to the nurse. I'm trying to look up what the name, I think, is it latex? What is it? What well, is it that comes out? I don't know, but I do have to admit something to you. What? Tell me. My friend has a enormous the biggest diff and bacchia i've ever seen in my life just a big thick diff and bacchia just mm. erect in his apartment erect. it is just very um one one that lay eyes on okay yeah. but he started it it was it was definitely a grower not a shower it started very mild nothing special and it is gigantic now and also okay. had baby shoots also i did some research on a different bacchia recently and it was like gorgeous plants, gorgeous plants. The flowers are boring and not worth anything. And it was like, I was like, Oh, it's very true. The flowers are pretty, 
the leaves are the center point. Anyway, it was like it, there were so there are so many huge leaves on this things now that the sap drips from the tips of the leaves because it's so happy, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. we knew that it was toxic, and I was intoxicated one day, <laughs> and um, everyone was looking at me, and I was like looking at the plant, and there was like a, a sap bubble like ready nice and I, juicy a nice juicy sap and i Yum. licked it and everyone was like no and the you only thing it? yeah the only thing <laughs> here's what i'm gonna say one lick will just kind of make your mouth go numb a little bit also nobody quote me on this like and this is no my, one do this don't do yeah. this this was this is my personal experience i don't think you should do this but when i licked it my mouth went a little bit numb yeah. i think if you were to like chew on a stem your throat might close but i think like that's the reaction that happens so it's not toxic like it's gonna like make your blood curdle it's toxic like it'll swell your throat and you will not breathe so yeah i I googled it real quick it's um something called calcium oxalate and it can irritate your mouth and your gi tract so my gi tract is fine realistically if it's just a lick I mean, I hope you sent them to the nurse, but that is stressful. And why some people don't keep toxic plants. That That is why toxic plants. I mean, there's a list of toxic plants. Sometimes people don't keep them in classrooms or if people have young kids. Um, I think one lick is probably fine. But yeah, like gnawing on it is, is a bad idea. I would bet that this teacher, I wish they also said if they were high school or elementary, but I I'm willing to bet if it was high school, she knew it was toxic and just assumed they wouldn't mess with it. Or if it was elementary, yeah. she saw them lick it, then Googled it and was like, oh, shit. I bet <laughs> definitely would. So many people and I, I hear this with pets much more than I hear this with children. So I'm so sorry that this reader has gone through this experience. But I think a lot of people get plants because they think they're pretty or they just bring them home. They don't even realize plants can be toxic. Then they get a dog or a cat. Someone says, oh, hey you should know that some plants are toxic and then they like have a complete meltdown thinking that all their plants are going to kill their pets. And for the most part, their pets aren't going to die. You know, they're going to have like a weird mouth situation. Right. But, um, and just again, raise them up, get some macrame. Yes. Yeah. Raise them up. I, I, I actually have a whole episode on Bloom and Grow about pets and plants and all different ways that you can you know, manage toxic plants in a household with pets and what to look for um, and how to how to handle that. So the, if you if you need further support and instruction, you can go check out that episode. This is what I want you guys to do. I want you to first of all, press pause. I want you to go find Bloom and Grow Radio on YouTube and I want you to find Bloom and Grow Radio Maria on Instagram. And then I want you to go just subscribe to the podcast. If you subscribe, it will naturally bring the episodes up as they go and then you'll be reminded that you subscribed and when an episode hits you that the title might be intriguing and something you might want to learn about give it a listen if i make a suggestion to you i'd go back and listen to the episode plants in the classroom and i'd also listen to the episode about pets and plants maria because joe was my guest for plants in the classroom and it was so good joe that was i mean that episode was long ago people are gonna have to scroll i'll send the link so we can have them in the uh in the show notes for people to readily go listen but Man, that was a great conversation. We had such a beautiful conversation about different different strategies you've used to help your kids with plants and um, that petting cactus. People still write me about that episode and your petting cactus uh, story. So we have to. We oh, and that's funny too because I have had fans come to my shows every once in a while and mm-hmm. will give me a plant cutting because they found me through Bloom and Grow. 
see the synergy. Shout so out beautiful. to bubble plants. Um, I, where else can people find you if we didn't say it already? What else would you like them to know about you and how can they consume all things Maria and remind them where to get the book? Yes. Growing joy, the plant lover's guide to cultivating happiness and plants. It's a self-care book. You don't need to be an epic plant person to get something from this book. Um, you know, from the nerdiest person to the woo-wooiest person, we have something for everyone in it. Uh, it's sold at bookstores near you. You can get it on Amazon, online, support your local indie bookshops if you can. Uh, and you can also get it at my website at bloomandgrowradio.com slash book. And yeah, Bloom and Grow Maria on TikTok and Instagram. I'm on the TikTok now because Joe told me I had to get on the TikTok. And you had a viral moment. She Maria's an amazing singer, by the way. And she redid, I want to say it was a... Um, Alanis Morissette. Alanis Morissette. I was going to say Applegate, but Alanis Morissette song. And you changed the lyrics to be about a crazy plant lady. <laughs> and that went viral. I actually... Dude, yeah. I heard it in so many other places before I realized it was you. No way. Yes, because people yeah. were using the sound of like people that I was following and I was like, oh my God. And then one day I clicked the sound and it's you. That honestly was such a sweet full circle moment for me because, you know, I had this previous life as a performer and now I'm this plant lady. And I wonder if like those two lives will ever intersect. And so the fact that, uh, you know, I think seven or 800 people have made reels more than that. Um, off of this voice. So the fact that all these women are using my voice, my singing voice to share their passion for plants was like so wild yeah. and amazing. They will so, intersect. Yeah. You're going to play Audrey on Broadway in <gasps> that, Oh my God, that would be so fun. I will be your Seymour. Can't sing a lick, but I'll do it. But you'll do it. Um, so yeah, Growing Joy, go pick it up. Come come over and listen to Bloominger Radio. Um, I love that you still listen to the episodes, Joe. That makes me so happy. Oh yeah, haven't unsubscribed since I subscribed. So always popping up. And thanks for having me, friend. This was so fun. And I'm so proud to be able to call you a good friend of mine and so proud of everything you've done and watching this podcast grow, but also listeners. You must go see Joe live. I saw Joe live a couple of weeks ago. He is so good. I can't even put into words. The energy of the room is incredible. Like just the energy of your fans, the energy of the room, like just being an audience member was so fun, even before Joe got on stage and then having Joe get on stage and you're just like fully in your element. You're just fully expressed in that moment. And it was so fun to watch and wherever joe is go get those tickets cincinnati wherever you're giving your your shout outs to wherever you're going next it's it is so worth the investment look at us growing joy together and building each other up i love it look at us blooming and growing together Keep i love on it blooming and growing maria thanks for coming on the podcast love you friend and you guys love make you sure too. you check us up on you check us out on youtube don't forget to like comment and subscribe and if you have the time would love uh, a five-star review with maybe a kind little message on uh, on apple podcast that'd be cute keep the trolls away we love you guys so much and we'll see you next week bye, bye.